0: Welcome to the CFC Jack's Midweek Podcast, where we discuss topics related to becoming a fully devoted, Spirit-empowered Christ follower. We hope that wherever you are today, you'll be encouraged by the truths discussed in this podcast.
1: Good morning. This is Q&A. This is your opportunity to send in questions from the sermon this morning. So you'll see there is a number up on the screen. So if you have something that's kind of rolling around in your mind this morning, we encourage you to text it in uh, so you can have that question answered this morning.
0: Yeah, hope they do.
1: Yeah. Um, So interesting. Again, I know I mentioned last week, love that we stepped out of James um, to go over Ascension and Pentecost. Mm -hmm. It's been really, really a refresher and a Encouragement to really focus on what the Lord has left, these departing gifts that are so powerful.
0: Yeah. Um, Just told a little bit of my story, and, you know, that's just not made up. There there really was a being in high school and just going, I cannot. Maybe I was just more serious, more idealistic, uh, but I had this. Deep conviction, I think, from the Holy Spirit, that I was supposed to do these things, mm-hmm. and the I was just it, it, my perspective as a teenager was my sister's good at these things. <laughs> Seriously, it seemed like <laughs> yeah. you had an older brother. Maybe there was times you went, "Oh, Rick's actually good at these oh, things," yeah. and. And I just wasn't. I mean, she was, it seemed like she was good at saying no to temptation. It seemed like she was good at uh, being willing to serve people and help people. And she didn't fly. She didn't have like a temper, like throw things and want Mm. to hit things. She wasn't angry like I was angry. At least she didn't express it like I was. So I had all of the stuff that. Uh, I felt so guilty about and I knew wasn't right, but I, I had been to camp. I had thrown the stick in the fire. You probably did that If you grew up going to Christian camp, you know, you know it was the sign of commitment. you take a stick and, and throw it in it, the and fire. <laughs> and it was like, I'm saying no to that old life and I would for like two weeks. And then it was that sprint. There was no, like we saw the fruit of the spirit of Mm -hmm. perseverance, steadfastness, uh, faithfulness. There was just back to the same old. And it was because my devotion was not rooted in spirit empowerment. When we say at the Mm -hmm. chapel, be fully devoted, spirit empowered, I hope you don't miss this. There's a lot of things I probably should have said, but didn't have minutes to say. But there is no such thing as being fully devoted and not Spirit-empowered mm-hmm. for long. Right. Because I could I, I could eke out a couple of weeks of full devotion mm-hmm. without Spirit-empowerment, but then it was revealed to be just dug empowerment dug determination versus Spirit-empowerment. And um, I really was at the end of myself. Uh, I was like... Ah, I just cannot do this And the Lord. Maybe I'd heard the things before and didn't hear them, but the Lord very graciously used a man named Bob Hobson in my life to speak the truth that changed the trajectory of my life regarding fully devoted and Spirit-empowered.
1: Hmm.
0: Not perfectly, by any means. You don't have to agree quite that much, but...
1: uh, (laughs) No, I agree that way for me, thinking through these, like, oh, my word, like there's some that I know I struggle with.
0: Yes. How many of us look at that and then just go, do I serve miraculously, or just do I just do what I'm supposed to do as long as I can do it? But to have supernatural service, and how many of us struggle with bold witness? And for me, I don't think, okay, bold witness, was I bold in the sermon? That's that's cheating for me? Am I bold in my engagement with the world that God has placed me in when I'm not teaching?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So, yeah, I feel the the call is beyond my capability, and so praise the Lord for Pentecost.
1: Absolutely. Sorry,
0: I rambled out. I don't know there's a question there, just well, I'm grateful tr- we did it as too, because it's so yeah. important in my journey.
1: Oh, yeah, and I appreciate you sharing your journey and your story through that. I think... I mean, I can certainly identify with that, um, especially talking about we don't always do them all perfectly. Um, and that's actually one of our first questions here, do some of the evidences come easier for some and some more difficult for others? So kind of like the description of what you experienced yeah. with your sister.
0: Yeah. That's, that's interesting. Yeah, I, that's probably true that some things like... Uh, there is Spirit-filled generosity. I think there are – well, clearly, there are people in our world who are not redeemed but are generous in terms of they give to other people and that makes them feel good about themselves and it makes them feel good about the change they can make. And mm-hmm. and I'm not raining on that. I'm saying uh, – So there are some things, maybe because of our upbringing, or the values that were lifted up or not lifted up, and therefore we wanted to lift up in our lives. Sometimes we learn best from bad examples, not good examples. So um, yeah, that's definitely true, that some things come easier than others. I think we're embedded in that answer though, Tracy, is is this. it's easy to then go. Well, I'm doing. I'm doing a good job on these things, mm-hmm. and I'm not doing so great in these other areas. And there, here's the little line that usually follows. But God understands. He knows I'm only human. Now, maybe you've never said that, but uh, plenty of people. God knows I'm only human. No. God knows I'm going to fail. God but knows. I'm limited. Yeah, and so we we excuse our Humanity, uh, instead of recognizing, is the fact that I'm human real? Yes, I am human, but I'm not only human. Uh, I know that's a strong statement, but I'm not only human. The the Spirit of God now lives in me. I am Second Peter chapter one. I am a partaker of the divine nature. God Himself dwells within me. I am a new creature. I am not only human any longer. So uh, therefore, I'm not going to simply do the things that I would do humanly well and Mm -hmm. excuse the things that would be harder for me. I'm going to seek to bring the Spirit of God into what that I would do well to make it supernatural, not just good natural, and where I'm weak that his strength would be made known. I hear some stuff coming in, so... You might need a moment to read. (laughs) I I had somebody tell me this week, you know, what Tracy does is a lot harder than what you do.
1: (laughs) Tony, did you hear that? (laughs) Just kidding. Um, Question here was, could you give an example of a command being a promise?
0: Oh, sure. I love it. Flee sexual immorality. See, that's a command. The promise connected to flee sexual immorality is that you have everything that you need for life and Mm -hmm. for godliness. So if it is true that God never calls me to do something beyond what he would empower me to do, do you hear that? He never calls me beyond what he would empower me to do. Then every command has a, is embedded with the promise that you have what you need to do what he called you to do. So I, I could make that uh, apply to every command of the scripture, mm-hmm. flee immorality, rejoice always, pray without ceasing. Um, What would be another command? Uh, Don't be drunk with wine. Uh, Love your wife as Christ has loved the church. Every command comes with the promise that faithful First Thess 5:24, faithful is he who's called you, and he will bring it to pass. Second. uh, Peter chapter one, that you have all that you need for life and godliness because you're a partaker of the divine nature. So that's what I mean by every command comes with a promise of sufficiency of what you need.
1: Mm. And as you started that, um, talking about the spirit empowerment through that, that we're not just left empty handed, if you will, you know, because it's right. not like Jesus can physically go everywhere with everyone with that example, be it we have the spirit. Right of God within us to do all that he's called us to do. It's a game changer.
0: It's to the advantage if Tracy and I would have been one of the 11 left because Judas was gone. uh, At some point, if we go our separate ways, Jesus either went walking down the road with Tracy or he went walking down the road with me. And he's gone, this is to your advantage Mm -hmm. because I'm not going to just be with you. You have experienced me, but now... By the Holy Spirit, I can go walk down the road with Tracy, and I can go walk down the road with you, Doug. You can you can go love your family, and I can go love my family with the power of God in you and the power of God in me. That's the advantage.
1: Huge advantage. Huge advantage. <laughs> yes, because
0: yes. you get to take Christ home with you.
1: Yes. Yeah. There's no, it's not like a timeshare thing. <laughs> yes. take taking with you all the time, and even in the hard yeah. situations. Make the
0: most of your week. Yeah. <laughs> time sharing, right?
1: Do all the tough stuff in this one pocket at <laughs> right. time. Um, what's the difference between the Holy Spirit prompting you and your conscience? Hmm.
0: Well, <clears throat> it's an interesting question. I'm not sure all that's behind that, but uh, a couple faults. Mm-hmm. My conscience Uh, which I think is a gift of God. It's kind of that internal court that tells me right and wrong. And so I may go – they gave me $10 back, and they were only supposed to go $5 back. And I go, well, that was their mistake, and they can afford it, and I could use it. And and then the internal court goes, thief, thief, thief.
1: Turn around, go yes. back. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> yeah.
0: So your conscience is that internal court. The difference between the prompting of the Holy Spirit and the conscience would be this. My conscience may or may not be formed and trained – by truth Hmm. so uh, i know plenty of people who would say something like this well uh, i have a clear conscience about drinking too much as long as i don't drive
1: Hmm.
0: that would never be a prompting of the holy spirit here's why because the scripture does not say don't Drink and drive, the script, don't get drunk and drive. The scripture says, don't be drunk. So, because my conscience is clear, doesn't make it right. It means my conscience has not been trained according to the truth of the scriptures. So, uh, and any and all promptings of the spirit will always be in line with the scriptures. So, the two could be one in the same, but they may not be. Um, a person with an, a single person in our body uh, may be, have a clear conscience of saying, well, we're engaged, we're engaged in sexual immorality. We're not married, but we're involved sexually, but we love one another and we're committed to one another. So my conscience is clear. Well, that conscience is not trained and therefore in line with the Scriptures. So your conscience may be clear, but the prompting of the Spirit would never say that is okay, because the Scripture is clearly defined intimacy physically is reserved for the relationship of marriage. So I could give lots of examples, but that would be the difference. The more my conscience is lined up and trained by the scriptures, the more it will be synonymous with the prompting of the Spirit.
1: Hmm. I think that's...
0: Anything that that you, that you I didn't address in that question you think I should address or question to follow?
1: No, I don't think so. I think it can be really easy to get wrapped around when it comes to areas of like conviction that aren't specific within scripture uh-huh. which I know we've gone through scripture on that before but I think that's where sometimes people I know I have can get tripped up on right. oh but the spirit's leading me different than how they're leading these other people so does that mean I'm not listening properly or right. you know it's not because it's not lined there's not a command of scripture for those areas so I think that training of conscience is a, that's a good application there.
0: So for all of our listeners, uh, the question ultimately isn't what is your conscience mm-hmm. telling you? The question is, is my conscience in line with the scripture?
1: Yes. Yep. And it's a very it's very clear. And if you ever need help, this is where bringing in wisdom of mm-hmm. other mm-hmm. individuals can be huge if you're confused. Because I know right. I've had those moments where this situation or decision is so emotionally taxing, if you will, that it's sometimes hard to see clearly. And so bringing in someone you can trust who will give you godly wisdom and point you back to Scripture is huge. Yeah, I had a question
0: recently of a person who was saying, what I am doing, my conscience is clear about. Mm -hmm. Uh, A a friendship was a single individual and friendship with another single individual. They were doing a Bible study together. Their conscience was clear. Someone who knew them said, my conscience isn't clear about that. You Mm. shouldn't be doing that. And so they reached out to me, which you said, wisdom, and said, is there anything? And so I asked a few questions to clarify, okay, what is this relationship like, what it's not like? And uh, as it turned out, that person's conscience wasn't clear about it, but that didn't make the relationship clear. Wrong. Mm-hmm. The relationship was within biblical boundaries. That conscience. Sometimes our conscience is broader than scripture, and sometimes our conscience is more narrow mm. than scripture. So that's why the question is always: Is it trained? As it in line with scripture? Mm. Yeah. And sometimes we need help to go. Uh, I'm kind of lost in my own stuff. Can am I in line with scripture here? Where am I in mm-hmm. relation to scripture?
1: Can be really helpful for that wisdom. You know, would you even say that that's something we can do? When we talked about these evidences of the Holy Spirit in you, to ask someone we trust about areas where we may be lacking in those.
0: Yeah. In other words, this would be gutsy, but to go, hey, as we look at these evidences in Acts two of a person when the Holy Spirit came, the people lived differently, related differently, Mm -hmm. pursued different things. That there was dramatic change, and the unavoidable answer is the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. So you're saying, would you take this to a person you trust and go, where do you see this true in my life? Where don't you see it true mm-hmm. in my life? Why would you do that?
1: To continue to grow in Christlikeness. Well, I, I thank think Thank you, it, yeah, it wasn't yeah. a trick question. Okay, I was <laughs> like, oh no, Because just... <laughs> <laughs> it can be really easy, like you said, to come up with those statements. Well, the, God knows. that I'm limited. But to have someone else speak in truth and love to you in these areas can be really helpful.
0: Absolutely. Because we don't always know how other people experience us Mm -hmm. and how uh, what other people see and don't see in our life. So yeah, that takes humility to ask. If you ask, be prepared not to be defensive. But to, to listen, it doesn't mean uh, – I want to make sure just because someone says something doesn't make it right. Correct. Uh, sometimes we get uh, – we put ourselves under that and we shouldn't. Again, the, if it's in line with Scripture and somebody says, I don't see that um, – it may they, they don't see clearly, they they see it differently than you see it. But it's a good it's good to ask. I always ask because I teach Sunday morning what I taught today, I taught on Thursday night. I always invite number of guys to speak into that and say anything that would make it better. But just because someone says it's gonna make it better doesn't bind me to doing what to they said, them, yeah. so I invite feedback, but I, uh, I'm not required to do everything that everybody else thinks. That would be a horrible life to live.
1: That would be very difficult. <laughs> Keep up. Yeah. Um, so another question, come in real quick. Can you explain why the people of Acts 8, 14 through 17 did not have the Holy Spirit at the time they believed?
0: Oh, Wow. Big question for 45 (laughs) seconds. No, but I appreciate you asking. I think what was happening here is as authentication of the gospel going out clearly and accurately to be a gospel of grace, that people did not receive the Holy Spirit until one of the apostles showed up to Confirm that the gospel had been clearly declared and understood that there was salvation by grace through faith, not by works. When that was confirmed by one of the apostles, then the Spirit was given. So we see that happen in multiple times where the gospel went, the Holy Spirit did not follow until it was confirmed by the apostles.
1: Hmm. Well, thank you so much for all the questions this morning. Really appreciate them and hope you have a great afternoon. (laughs) Made it. (laughs) (laughs) Thanks for joining us.
0: Thanks for listening to this episode of the CFC Jacks podcast. Be sure to watch as we release new teachings weekly, along with additional content during the week. If you'd like more information about our church, please visit us at www.cfcjacks.com. Thanks for listening.